Welcome to the Feeding and Leading Podcast, featuring Todd Fisher and Andy Taylor, a podcast for church leaders focusing on expository preaching, pastoral leadership, and ministry. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Feeding and Leading Podcast. As always, I am joined by our Executive Director of Oklahoma Baptist, Dr. Todd Fisher. What's up, Todd? Andy, how are you doing, sir? Great. Today, we're going to talk about the use of notes in preaching. Use notes? Uh, yes, sparingly. Sparingly. Mm-hmm. When you first started preaching? More. Yeah. Yes. Okay, this is what we're going to get into today, but I'm just going to, I'm going to keep Q&Aing you here. Okay. Okay. Um, When you first started out, did you use an outline or manuscript? When I first started out, I did not manuscript my sermons. Okay. I, uh, I had outline and notes, you know. But um, when you say outline, okay, are we talking key points and then certain things that you uh, know you no, needed? No, almost more like an, uh, the point and then maybe a paragraph-ish type thing or yep. two. Yeah. And then the next point and then – or I, and I would maybe – I would write in, you know, use this illustration here. You yeah, know, that kind of Write down thing. a scripture that needed and, – And it was more <laughs> of a uh, a milestone, a landmark – Mm-hmm. You know, hey, in this sermon, I want to make sure I don't miss these ten things that you know. It's not just the points, right? It's the this little point of the teaching and this point and this, yeah, this illustration. Yeah, little nuance to what's being just, said you know, here. And and I would try to almost, I, I think if I could picture it, you're 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 trying to cross a stream, mm-hmm. and you're stepping on the rocks, and I'm trying to get to the other side. What I would take with me to the pulpit would be the rocks, mm-hmm. you know, so I could connect it. And and honestly, for me, what what notes was going to do is prevent me from getting up there and just having total vapor lock. Right. You know, where I get up there and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I cannot for the life of me remember what my next point is. Have you ever had total sure. vapor lock? You just, yeah. Early on. You know, and just you get into a train wreck. And mm-hmm. and let's face it, the longer you preach, I I think most of us get a little better at it. But we get more comfortable at it too. Yeah. And it becomes something you're used to, familiar with, and you can do. Okay, it's been recorded here now that uh, Dr. Fisher, when he first started, took rocks into the pulpit. <laughs> okay, so did your use of notes. Um, you know, kind of transform in some way as yeah. you were continuing to, to go along. So, so here, here's the thing, just to kind of jump right into the deep end of this this discussion about using notes in a sermon. The, the good thing about notes in the pulpit is it, 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 it can prevent a train wreck. Mm-hmm. You know, you get up there. If you got no note and you go into vapor lock and just completely forget the second point – and you got nothing up there, that's going to be tough. You're going to have to dig yourself out of the hole. You're going to have to kind of <laughs> make up whatever. And the younger, more experienced you are in preaching, that's harder to do. Mm-hmm. And and you don't want to do it anyway if you're preaching the text. So, um, But he, he, here's the downside of notes. The downside of notes is the preacher that's too glued to them. Right. And... 
You know, I, I think we have talked somewhere on, on one of these podcasts, but what I, would, what I always teach my preaching students is I would draw a line on the whiteboard. And I would say, okay, here's just a, here's a horizontal line. Okay, this line is the engagement of your audience. And anything above this line, the people are listening to you. They're engaged. They're tuned into you. Mm-hmm. Anything below this line, they're, they're thinking about the football Tuning score. Out. They're counting yeah. the ceiling tiles. They're not listening to you. They're Checking a, Facebook. Whatever. Yes. So what you want to do in preaching, right, that old kind of joke, the cardinal rule of preaching, thou shalt not be boring. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the things that helps you with that, one of the things that helps with engagement is for you to have a physical presence of engagement with your audience. And by that, I mean you, you, are, you are using your body and your voice to engage the audience. Okay, if I am standing behind the pulpit with my head down and I'm doing nothing but reading my sermon, reading my notes, Mm -hmm. your audience is going to be way below that line. They are not going to be engaged with you. Now, there might be some anomaly to that somewhere, but I'm just telling you and over 30 years of experience of preaching and teaching a whole lot of students how to preach, Mm. I'm just telling you, and one of the best ways you can engage your audience is eye contact. And if you're you're not making eye contact with your audience, your ability to engage them is going to be diminished. I would encourage preachers that are listening to this podcast right now, I would encourage them to practice improving their eye contact. And a preacher that's always looking at the floor or always looking at his notes or looking at the even, – even I've seen this – even looking at the back wall. That's yeah. weird. Now, you and I had a professor in yeah, seminary. That taught you to do and that. And yeah. we won't name him here, and he's, he's passed on to glory. But you and I had a professor in seminary who taught a not particularly – interesting, enthusiastic topic anyway in the class. We were way below the line. And if you remember, that professor, it would be a three-hour-long class. We were doing seminary extension through Southwestern at OBU's campus on Mondays. Mm -hmm. That guy, that professor never once looked us in the eyes. If you remember, he looked above our heads at the back wall. He even told us to do that. Yeah, he, so there was – and so as a result, we were all kind of bored out of our minds. Yeah. So your, your eye contact is such an important part of audience engagement. Yeah. How you're using your body, your, your hand gestures, and your voice. Yeah. Do you have pitch? Do you have punch? Do you have pause? Do you have all that kind of thing? So notes can re- – if you don't use notes well – they can really hurt you in this arena of engagement. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, uh, there, there's no question uh, that um, <clears throat> you and I uh, and others have seen pastors who, who are excessively tied to their mm-hmm. notes. I, I think that part of it is it takes practice. It, it just yeah. takes reps. Yeah. Um, the idea of being able to Look at your notes, 
see what you need to see quickly, mm-hmm. and then get back up and re-engage. Yep. Re-engage yep. those people. Yeah, um, and, and, and the occasional looking down at a note doesn't hurt your engagement. What hurts your engagement is when you go on a whole minutes-long run where the audience is just looking at the top of your head. That's that's when they're going that line that the engagement starts dipping below that line. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so let let's talk for a minute about the different kinds of notes you can take. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that you can do is you can take you can take a whole manuscript mm-hmm. with you. Um, I, I will tell you that I now and for the last probably eight nine years. I now do a full manuscript, mm-hmm. and I take that full manuscript into the pulpit. Now, I will say that that full manuscript is is structured mm-hmm. on the actual paper, which, by the way, I am one of those kooks that still likes to write with my hand uh-huh. in, in a uh-huh. moleskin notebook. Right. And, and, and I, what I do is... When I'm, I'm using hand gestures now. When I open it up. I only write on the right-hand side paper. I leave the left-hand side blank. Mm-hmm. That's because after I've written my entire manuscript, you know, you always think of something. Yeah, right. Uh, and so I'll make little notes out to the left-hand side. So I take a full manuscript, but I have practiced this. I don't. Right. Right. I don't stand and read. Yeah. Read a manuscript. And, and we've mentioned before, if you can manuscript your sermon, do it. Because it it helps in so many other ways. I think it helps the flow of your sermon. It helps you in the preparation of preaching the sermon. Yeah, and that's that's something here that we need. To, I think we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes guys really have to be excessively tied to their notes because they didn't take the time to really look over their sermon before they got up to preach. Yeah, so they prepared a sermon, but they didn't. They they didn't. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? It didn't become a part of them. Right. the sermon. They didn't. They didn't right. absorb the sermon. They just right. prepared it and then it sat there. And when you do that, it's a lot easier to recall from memory. Yes. These are my four points. Yeah. Okay. So, so if you can do the manuscript, I think you and I would encourage that. Now, if you take the manuscript to the pulpit with you. Mm-hmm. Where that can become tricky is finding your place in the sermon. By the way, if I'm going to preach about 35 to 40 minutes, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a five-page, single-spaced Word document that is about 2,800 to 3,200 words. Mm -hmm. That that is about a 35. If you're going to illustrate and that kind of thing. For you. For me, yeah. that's what I have. Okay, yeah. so here, here, here's what I would do. So I, I'm going to, I'm different than you on the. So what I do is, I t- I take an iPad with me. Okay, right. so uh, and I get asked this question a lot, so I'm just going to say it here on the podcast. Um, I type out in Word my full manuscript. Mm-hmm. I then save it as a PDF and I email it to myself. Right. From the PDF, I put it in an app called GoodReader. Right. Now, some people can use notes. Some people use other. But in Goodreader, Goodreader, if you put it in a PDF, on, on an iPad, if you've got the pencil, I can write you on can it. Write I can notes mark on it. it. Yeah. But with Goodreader, you can swipe left to right. That's right. 
So, so, and the other thing I do because I'm 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 a 53 year old man now, and I'm I have to have glasses. It's in an 18 font. That's right. Yeah. So <clears throat> that that at an 18 font is about 12 pages long. <laughs> Right. It, it is 12 pages long. Right. But instead yeah. of me scrolling, see, if I'm using an iPad and I got to scroll, that's again, people are going to look, look up there like, what's he doing? You know, rather than listening to your sermon, they're like, what's that guy doing? So, well, it, being, being able to flip it too. By the yeah. way, I, I did this same thing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Being able to flip it, you could put page numbers on it. Yes, yes. And so you know exactly you, you where definitely you are, put page whereas if you're it. just scrolling, 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 you could accidentally yeah. hit it, Yes, and you're lost. And you can still do that in Goodreader, too. Well, you can, but, but it's harder. But flipping it is no big deal. Yeah. Okay, the manuscript, though, is written in a way where at least my, and here's what I would do, my, my, my main point would be bold and have space above and below the line. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not going to lose that in there. Right. When I had like an illustration or something, I, I would put EX as like example in yeah. bold and I could find it easy. Yeah. So here's what I do with that. I take that manuscript and this is this was my routine for years and years and years. On Saturday night, I would take that man I'd take my iPad, I'd take that manuscript, I'd take my little Apple pencil, and I would color code it. Yes. And here, here was my color coding. So I use slides. I like to put my points on the slide. And I know some guys don't like to do that, but I'd put it on the screen. Anything that was going to go on the screen, it was in this magenta purple color. Magenta. Uh-huh. And then any, any um, key point, key phrase, I wanted to remember, I highlighted it in yellow. What, what happened, here's what I did. The yellow ended up being those stepping stones across the creek. Yeah. And if I ever, I'd, I, if I needed to glance down, I'd have it there in yellow. Now, a lot of times I'd use a quote. Now, when you're reading a quote, you got to read the quote and your head's going to be down. But, mm-hmm. you know, still, you're not doing it minutes on end. And I'd put a little red mark around that or something. Biblical texts that I was going to, if I was going to put it on the screen, it'd be in the magenta. Or if I was going to read it, I'd, I'd put it like in blue. Mm-hmm. So I color-coded it. Even though it was a manuscript, it ended up being like a functional outline, right. I think, as most guys would define that. Yes. And, I, I, and, and, I, and then I got used to that, and I knew what was coming. Right. You know, okay, here, this is in yellow. Don't forget this. Yeah. And, um, and then I'd do that on Saturday night. And I'd, I'd, I mean, I'd spend a good probably hour with it. Yeah. And I'd read it and work on it. And then I'd get up early on Sunday morning. And on Sunday morning, I'd read it through again. it all like two more times. Yeah. And that's what you were talking about, absorbing, absorbing it, it into yes. you. So by the time Sunday morning came, I'd read that manuscript at least three times. Yeah. And I had kind of worked through it. And, and, uh, and you know what? It's not a bad practice. If you got the time, practice that thing. You know, in your office on Thursday afternoon yeah. or something or, you know, someplace in the house on Saturday night, work through it. Yeah, and I would say particularly your introduction is a good thing to, to practice. Yes. To, because you want to – if you don't yep. start that plane down the runway, you know, you've yep. you got to get some speed on that, that uh, yeah. you know, down the runway. And then, and then some illustrations – the way you use illustrations, because you do not want to look down at your notes when, right. you're, when you're doing an illustration. It, right. It needs to be pretty much from memory. So I think the, 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 the purpose of notes 
is to keep you from having a train wreck. <laughs> yes. You know, is to keep you from going into vapor lock and just having a total, oh, my goodness, I don't even know what else to say. Yeah. Notes are fine for that. But that downside is you cannot be enslaved to your notes. And if if there's preachers that are listening to us that are, you know, my encouragement, my strong encouragement to them is find a rhythm, find a habit like what I've just described with my iPad. Yeah. Find something where you can, as I like your word, you you absorb that thing. You absorb that sermon. And the thing is, if you'll do that, you'll get up in the pulpit on Sunday morning and you'll realize, I don't need these. I don't really need it. You know? Yeah. So I do essentially the same thing. Used to do the iPad. Now, I'm not smart enough technologically. There were, I, I kid you not, there were at least two times that my iPad updated on Sunday morning while I was <laughs> preaching and I was locked out of my notes. Okay. Now, let me that just, is panic city. Let me interject real quick. Yeah. I, I always had that fear too. Yeah. Um, you have to do like airplane mode or something. Yeah, and 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 there's there's let's say that real quick. Uh, you want to you want to turn that off on your iPad. Yes, that you can get it. Yeah. Uh, one of my early times using an iPad, it's Easter Sunday morning in Rayleigh Chapel. We got Rayleigh Chapel Packed. full of people. Yeah, Easter Sunday, I'm up there preaching. <laughs> And I get this text message yeah. from one of our church members, <laughs> right. and the text message says, and, you know, because you can see my face on those huge screens in Rayleigh Chapel, right? Yeah. And the text message says, man, you look like a raccoon. <laughs> and what had happened was Zach was in high school then. Zach had been in, Zach had been in a tennis tournament. I'd been sitting outside in the tennis tournament sunglasses and had sunglasses on. on. Yeah. And they and texted you right in the now sermon. Now, you want to talk about turning your sermon into a train wreck. Yeah, no doubt. You know, because all, yeah. all of a sudden I'm like, I look like a raccoon. What? And then I wanted to look at myself up on the screen. Yeah. You know? So put so, it in airplane mode, yeah, whatever you got to do. And one and in those first couple of years I preached out of an iPad, man, I took a hard copy with me. Yeah. Just so, in case it Like I said, I, I did transition back to handwriting. And, and I'm I'm just going to say this as the adva- – as not an advantage, but a, a, a good part of that – is there is something about handwriting that that is linked to memory? Yeah, and and, and there's actually been studies on it. Sure, um, but to 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 say about the manuscript that that's why I leave the left hand page mm-hmm. blank. I don't write on both sides. Yeah, but I do exactly what you're talking about. In fact, my point is in I write it in all caps mm-hmm. and then I highlight it in yellow with an actual highlighter. Right. And I actually write it in a different color ink pen. I have four different colors. Red is for scripture, blue is for illustrations, black is for is just kind of the the normal mm-hmm. text and explanation that I'm doing. Um and and so uh, it essentially becomes an outline, yeah. really, but it is a manuscript. Yeah, man, you are an old dinosaur, man. <laughs> I am. I, look, I have notebooks after notebooks, but let, let's get to this and talk about. It. This is a, a, a key reason why I really now believe in manuscripting mm-hmm. as I've gotten older. Mm-hmm. Is that 
I don't have to look back at an outline and go, oh, I want to use that what, again. Yeah. What was that? But now I don't know what I yeah. meant. Well, but what did I mean by that? Don't yeah. put, don't write down illustration and put story about boy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What? Huh? Yes. So I completely agree with that. Because some of that mm-hmm. you can use somewhere else in a revival, yeah. preaching at something else. Absolutely. Maybe someday you're going to write a book or a commentary. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and keeping them. So yes. now that's another thing about digital stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, what I would do is on my computer right now, you know, all of my sermons are in folders, and all of the folders are basically books of the Bible. Yeah. So Philippians. Easy any, to get any, to. any sermon I've written from Philippians in yeah. that folder. Yeah. Now I've got some folders too that's Christmas, Easter, funerals. All of those things. Same thing. Mine are just moleskins sitting it, on a. <laughs> but if you handwrite, if you handwrite like you've talked about, you yeah. kind of need to have a system too to file those exactly. where you can find them yeah. and label them. Um, so you're not because you know if you have twenty moleskin books and you haven't labeled them or whatever, and yeah, you're going, you you're trying to, to find yeah, you have to. whatever sermon, yeah, then you'll right. spend half a day looking for it. Yeah. So anyway, well, uh, the I think I think that's good stuff we covered on. On notes, yeah. I, you well, know, one other little thing, real quick, that, I, that yeah. we didn't mention talking about notes is, um, if you're going to use notes, here's my suggestion, my recommendation: going to use notes, leave them flat on the pulpit mm-hmm. or the table. Yeah. Um, don't pick notes up. Don't try. Try to reduce. You know, picking up. I'm I'm doing this. No one can see me doing it, but I'm yeah. picking up a piece of paper and holding it close to my face. Um, another thing that can be very distracting and hurt engagement is the shuffling of notes. That's right. I'm shuffling all these papers around, and then it looks like I don't know what's coming next, or I forgot to number this. And then all of a sudden, people aren't listening to your sermon. They're just looking at you going, wow. Yeah, that's right. So the the physical usage of notes, my suggestion is leave them flat on the pulpit or the table and try not to handle them as much as possible. It's a good point, too. Um when when I went to Arrow Heights, I had I I literally had to buy a new pulpit. Now I'm a guy yeah. that likes a pulpit. I don't yeah. like a I don't like a table. Yeah. I use a pul- I like a pulpit. It's slightly inclined. Yeah. So that I don't have to look with my face looking yes. down. Yes. Can look at it, and it's also got enough room for my Bible and my notes. Yeah. So I'm not picking up my Bible and sliding yes. notes under it. And and while we're on pages. it, let's let's go there for a second while yeah. we're on it real quick because. The, the the physical setup of the pulpit or table is important. Yes. Um, okay, so you let's say you use an iPad and a Bible, or you're going to use a Bible and notes. you got to have a surface large enough where all that sets out easily, like you just said. <laughs> if, it, if the surface is too small, yeah. you don't want to be constantly having to pick your Bible up, move it over here, and put my notes over here, and do this. You, you want, and you want a surface large enough for the materials you're using. So let, let me just say this too, okay? You and I preach at different places all the time, mm-hmm. right? Pastor please get a pulpit that's big enough, okay? <laughs> so if we come to your yeah. church, you don't have to lay your Bible and then your notes or yeah. your iPad yeah. sitting on. Don't want, get one that's the size of a notebook. Make sure the space is large enough for the materials you're using. <laughs> yeah. Hey, here's another one. Get that thing to the height that you need it to be. Yeah. 
right. uh, if it's too tall or if it's too short. And 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 you know, and pastor, that's that's incredibly important. And that's an ask that you need to make. You're like, yeah. hey, if the church needs to buy you a new pulpit or the church needs to buy another table or whatever it is, um, or if you need to modify it and somehow. And the other thing, like you said, do you like a slant? Do you like yeah. it flat? Right. But just what the key is get a setup that's going to minimize any kind of distraction you might be doing up there, shuffling notes, moving things yeah. around, and will maximize the engagement, that's the eye contact, exactly right. your comfort and your ease. Um, that that physical environment you're in to preach really is an important thing. So, okay, man, I think we, we could killed go it. on and on about this. I, I I love talks like this, and I hope I hope for all you pastors that this is helpful uh, for you, and we appreciate you listening to Feeding and Leading Podcasts. So hope you'll tune in for the next episode. This episode of Feeding and Leading has been brought to you by the Cooperative Program and Oklahoma Baptist. Visit us at oklahomabaptist.org or your preferred podcast platform. Oklahoma Baptist, advancing the gospel together.